Season 1, Episode 36, Pete's Podcast, Bible Story Evangelism. We're going to take a look today at James chapter 1. My memory verses from James are James 2.10. This is a good one to, if you've got to get people lost before you can get them saved. For whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point is guilty of all. James 2.12, so speak and do as those that shall be judged by the law of liberty. And then back to chapter 1, the first three verses, which I'm going to start with in just a minute, are, uh, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Um, love is patient. If God is patient, I people often tell me, different people tell me that not to pray for patience, but if it makes me more um, God-like, I, I want to I play the game at the highest level in, uh, in the metaphor of... Uh, the game of life and, and going into all the world and preaching the gospel. Since this podcast reaches Russia, um, um, Germany, um, Sweden, and um, Singapore, uh, I would say that's pretty much uh, halfway around the world. So I'm doing my job, I guess, whatever. Um Anyway, so we're going to start with uh, James chapter 1, verse 1. We, we had the introduction. This is uh, Christianity 101, written by James Aless. It's the first epistle to the church, the called out assembly. The word assembly appears quite often in the book of James. And uh, the Greek word is synagogue. It's where we get the, uh, the word called out assembly, which is the word for church in the New Testament. My James chapter 1, verse 1. James, a servant of God. So regardless of whether it's James the less or James the son of Zebedee, we know it's James, a servant of God and of our Lord Jesus Christ. To the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. Now, there was two scatterings of Jews. The first one was Jewish believers, Nero, AD 60, uh, Jews were being persecuted tremendously. And then Titus, who was the son of the, the sitting uh, Caesar, and later became Caesar himself in AD, 70, AD 79, uh, destroyed Jerusalem. Titus was uh, the son of the Caesar, the leader of the army, Roman army, destroyed Jerusalem and destroyed the temple and carried out all the relics and stuff like that. Um, so James, ch chapter 1, verse 1, James, a servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. Okay, so it's very important to, uh, to know who's doing the writing. And uh, most theologians, go, or at least C.I. Schofield, goes with, uh, with uh, James the Less, the cousin, the first cousin of Jesus, called brother because... That's what the Jewish tradition was. You're a brother if you're a close relation. 
uh, or if you're just Jewish, pretty much. Anyway, okay, uh, James chapter 1, verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. I memorize this verse because uh, hurricanes are my temptations to, to fear. And, and if I get hit by one, if, if I pray my hurricane prayer, Abba, Father, all things are possible unto you. Take this storm from us. Nevertheless, not our will, but your will be done, because I know I'm not the only one praying, not the only one that has seen the power of a hurricane and what it can do to a home. Fortunately, I wasn't in mine, as I've said many times, but my house was uh, ground zero for, for Hurricane Andrew. It passed right over the top of my house and destroyed it, totaled it. It was a uh, whole new roof put on. Uh, everything from the tie beam up was gone. But uh, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, whatever your temptation is. Maybe you're being bullied. Maybe you're being whatever. You have the temptation to be afraid of the dark. I don't, whatever it might be. Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. You see God in your corner over and over again, for he gives his angels to keep thee in all thy ways, uh, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. I, uh, I'm, I'm getting pretty bold in the Lord, but doesn't keep me off my roof with my bad ankle, but anyway, during hurricane season. Yeah, you, know, you gotta kinda listen to these in order, I think, because a lot of the stuff I refer to I've already talked about. But let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect and entire wanting nothing. Again, the word perfect, perfect work would be complete work. In the Old English, perfect and entire means complete, mature, not a little crybaby, because things aren't going your way. My brother, encounter count all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. You know, this is uh, Christianity 101. This is the first epistle to believers, uh, predating Paul's writings by uh, somewhere around five to ten years. So, uh, but it was at the end of, of uh, James' life. It seems like most of these guys, or all of them, are doing their writing at the end of their life. And since I've got three and a half years until I'm 70, I, I, I think there's something to this maturity or being complete as far as running the race goes that uh, is enlightening and maybe worth hearing. Anyway... I'm reading the inspired word of God, so that's always worth hearing, regardless of the age of the person that's doing it. Verse 5, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. I daily pray, what I call my wife, my wife Barb's prayer, um, it is Colossians 1, 9-14, Father, I desire to be filled with the knowledge of your will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, to walk worthy of you and all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of you, strengthened with all might according to your glorious power, with patience, long-suffering, and joyfulness, giving thanks to you, Father, who hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints and light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us in the kingdom of your dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin. I like that prayer because the last part of it is giving thanks for for Jesus Christ's death on the cross to pay for our sins, sins of the whole world. The only judgment that's taken place and the only judgment that decides heaven or hell. 
that judgment decides heaven or hell. Whether you believe in Jesus Christ as your Savior or not, the work of the Holy Spirit to convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment, of sin because they believe not on me. That's what the Holy Spirit does. And I was convicted many years ago that I wasn't going to heaven, that I wasn't a believer, and I didn't know it was that simple. But when I heard it was a gift, not of works, lest any man should boast, Ephesians 2, 8, 9, and, and, and the John three sixteen, and, and many other verses that night. But these are the ones that I remember stuck out to me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever, I said, this is it. I'm never going to find a better religion than the whosoever God. Romans 4, 5, But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly. Him that justifies the ungodly. I like that. I think I read that in a commentary. The God, the God, him who justifies the ungodly. I like that God because he justified me. And I knew I was ungodly. And on my own, I am ungodly. And if I put my faith in my works to get me to heaven, I'm not not going to get there. Now, if I did it now, it's too late. I'm already born again. I'm already going. But um, I would be a heretic if I started doing that now. And that's why it says in Titus, after the first and second admonition, reject, because I'm going to heaven. If I started preaching a bunch of garbage, just leave me alone. Let you know, nobody's going to listen to me probably. Uh, but I'm going to heaven. You can't lose your salvation. Anyway, um, you can be a heretic, but that doesn't mean you lose your salvation. If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth liberally and upbraideth not. You don't know that. You're so stupid. And shall give it him. Now, I've been praying for wisdom for a long time. A long, long time. Standing in front of my class, I would pray that from, from day one. I was praying for wisdom. But um, uh, maybe it's got something to do with... Uh, uh, patience, I don't know. But anyway, but let him, verse 6, but let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. So again, you. but how do you get faith in God? I don't know, maybe through temptations, the trying of your faith, work with patience. Let patience have a perfect work that you may be perfect, entire, wanting nothing. Uh, you go through trials and that builds your faith because you see God's faithful. My house got rebuilt, bigger and better than it was. Went from a 3-2 to a 4-3. My wife was a genius. She designed the house initially. It was very economical. And, and then she made it a 4-3. Made it even better. But let him, verse 6, But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave on the sea, driven with the wind, tossed to and fro. Uh, the unstable, somebody's unstable in all his, the double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So, you know, or as Jack Weaver used to say, you know, don't stand in the middle of the road because you're going to get hit in both directions. Uh, I, I would pick the correct side of the road, but if you stand in the middle, um, that's not good. But, but some people like to do that. Verse 7, For let not that, that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. So if you're just going, give me wisdom, give me wisdom, give me you know, like a little baby, uh, it probably is not going to happen. But... If you do it uh, in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea that driven with the wind and tossed. You know, what, if we're afraid of things, if we're 
that's like, you know, I, I believe in you, God, but I'm still afraid of this, that, and the other thing. I'm afraid of this person. I'm afraid of that person. I'm afraid of this situation. I'm afraid of that situation. That doesn't sound like you have, you're nothing wavering. So I don't think God wants us to be um, unfaithful, but full of faith. And, and again, that's where uh, the trying of our faith comes in. It gets stronger. It, it needs a workout, just like a muscle. Anyway, I used to say that if, if, if faith was a muscle, it'd be the strongest muscle in your body. You drive a car, you got a car, another car coming back by you at 60 miles an hour, just you know, inches away. That's a lot of faith in that driver. And, and with phones now today, half the time they're swerving into your lane anyway. But anyway, I think we trust all the time. It's a very strong thing we do. Every time we sit in a chair or drive on the roads or eat out or anything, we, we're exhibiting faith. Fly in an airplane. Um, but here it is, verse, verse eight, uh, James 1, eight. the double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So, you know, pick a side, pick God's side, believe with the word of God, study the word of God, rightly divide the word of God. Let the brother of low degree rejoice in that he is exalted. How is the brother of low degree exalted in the church, in the assembly? Because that's what he's talking about here. Um, because he is a child of God, and the first will be last, and the last will be first. So maybe that believer that doesn't speak your language is a million times more faithful than you, and you look down your nose at him, but that's because you don't know what he knows. But anyway, um, but we need to not be double-minded, but just go with the Word of God and study it. Let the brother of low degree rejoice that he is exalted. And, you know, every good church I've ever been to has had some unusual people in it. Some, I'm going to use the word odd, the adjective odd people. But, but that's to me the sign of a good church. You should exalt those people in your church because they feel comfortable there. They feel loved there. They feel exalted there. But rich, let the brother of low degree rejoice that he is exalted, but the rich in that he is made low. You know, if, if you just, in your church, you just exalt the rich, or the rich have some kind of a special whatever, dispensation, then uh, that's that's not good. That's And this is to the first believers. This is how... They should act in the church. This is uh, speak and do as those that you'll be judged by the law of liberty. This is Christianity 101. So don't show preference to the rich in your churches, Christian believers, Jewish scattered believers. You know, maybe the maybe where you came from they did that, but don't do that in your churches now, in your synagogues, in your assemblies. For the sun, S-U-N, is no sooner risen with a burning heat, but it withereth the grass, and the flower thereof falleth, and the grace of the fashion of it perisheth. So also the rich man fadeth away in his ways. You know, uh, is it in James? It says life is a vapor. I think it does. That appears for a moment and then is gone away. You take 70 years, three score and 10, and put that on a 
on a line that goes for infinity in both directions, that's not a big part of that line. I mean, theoretically, it's approaching zero. It's not zero. It'll never be zero, but it's approaching zero. It's a little calculus for you. What's, what's the derivative of the sine? Impress your person sitting next to you. I won't tell you what it is. But anyway, um, but if you took calculus or you taught calculus, you should know the derivative of the sine. Anyway, but the rich in that he is made low. You should rejoice in the, in the fact that you're treated like everybody else. Because as the flower and the grass shall pass away, so the sun is no sooner risen with the burning heat, but it withereth the grass, and the flower thereof falleth, and the grass of the fashion of it perisheth, so also shall a rich man fade away in his ways. You know, the rich man uh, probably thinks, you know, if his faith is in his riches, you know, I'm God blessed because I'm wealthy. I'm, you know, God is, you know, whatever. That's got to be pretty scary to me, I think, if you face death and your whole value has been on the wealth you've accumulated. Speak and do as those that shall be judged by the law of liberty. How much you made is not going to be at the judgment seat of Christ if you're a believer, and it's not going to be at the great white throne if you're not a believer at the end of the millennium. Those two judgments are in heaven and they're a thousand years apart. And I could be wrong about the where they're located, and I could be wrong about the time between the two, but that's my best guess on that. But um, based on my limited study. But I want to learn the five judgments. And if you stick with me on this journey of podcast episode season one, because I'm never going to change the season, but I uh, just keep adding episodes. Okay, let's see. Um, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. Okay, you have victory over temptation. For, if walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. The Bible is not a list of don'ts, as my wife, my late wife would say. The Bible is not a list of don'ts. It's a list of do's. Walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. That's, that's, there you go. Um, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for he, when he is tried, trying of your faith, worketh patience, he shall receive a crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Okay, so if you, not that we love him, but that he loved us and gave himself for us. But if you, if you love him, what are you going to do? Jesus said you're going to keep his commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. Uh, love your neighbors yourself, do unto others you have them done to you. Love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. On these two commandments, hang all the law and the, pro law and the prophets. But a crown of life. Now, if you think that's the only reward there are, and I, I kind of grew up on that belief that the only rewards that are given out are crowns. Well, I think they're ruling over different cities. There might be different uh, uh, ruling positions you know, of, of nations during the millennium, maybe. Or I, we really don't know what eternity is going to be like. I'm not, when Barb died, I looked it up. There's not a lot written about the new heaven and the new earth, except it's just uncomprehensible. 
the new earth has a building that's 1,500 miles high. Now, if you've got any idea, that that would fit on the earth, but I think it would throw it off. The earth is 8,000 miles in diameter. So I said 1,800, 1,500 miles high. But still, that's got to be a big planet if it's going to be to the scale of buildings on this earth. And I don't mind God making a new earth really super big. You know, I, I you know, I kind of like being alone. <laughs> I'm getting to be really good at it, but I don't feel alone. I've got, I've got all these uh, Zoom things I can do, and I've got this. I get to talk. Uh, there's more talking than I do all, all day because I don't talk very much. I, I, I bet there's been days since this quarantine that I haven't said a word out loud. It, and it's kind of strange the first time I talk. And sometimes I'll wake up talking like, Barb or whatever, and and I go, oh, she's not here, and uh, but anyway, sorry, I digress. Um, fortunately, we got the word of God here to come back to, and this goes up to verse twenty-seven, and we are on, um, on verse thirteen. Let no man, when he is tempted, oh wait a minute, blessed is the man. Verse twelve, blessed is the man that. Endure temptation. I mean, you succeed. You don't give in to it, I think, is enduring it. Like Jesus did uh, when he was tempted of Satan, when he was, what, 30 years old? So it's not just old people that can do well with temptation. And when he is tried, Jesus did well his entire life. And when he, yet he was tempted in all ways like us, yet without sin. Those are fighting words if you say Jesus was a sinner. You can call me a sinner. You can call anybody else in the Bible a sinner except God and the Holy Spirit. But uh, he shall receive a crown of life which the Lord hath promised. The other thing about these crowns is, I think there are other rewards, but also you take them off when you're in the presence casting crowns. There's a music group named that. Barb had one of her classmates at Florida Bible College, Daughters, who sings in casting crowns. Barb loved casting crowns. I told you, or maybe I didn't, but I made her take off that uh, that song, that Casting Crown song, because it just started out so loud, and I was waking up to it. and And then after she passed away, and I, uh, for for five years, that was my wake up call to go to school. And then I had my accident, and I got retired, uh, and and I went along with that idea. For when he is tried, he shall receive a crown. But there's also Old Testament. Check this out if you believe that you cast them and you never put them on again. It says when we're in our presence, we take them off. And maybe when you're ruling these ten cities, you might want to have your crown on that you earned as a, as a person here on earth. Let Blessed is the man. Here's one crown, the crown of life. There's a martyr's crown. There's all these different crowns. But I think there's other things too. Positions of leadership. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. That's one thing God will never do. He will test you. Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptation, knowing this, that the trying of your faith, the testing of your faith, worketh patience. So God will, will put you into tough situations. Sometimes for correction and sometimes just for coaching. You know, These great coaches, probably very little of what they do is... is along the discipline lines. It's mostly just trying to make their players faster, stronger, smarter. Or as Coach Frost of Nebraska would say, buttoned up. We gotta button this up, we gotta button this up. 
But he's always talking about it, needs need better coaching. I, it starts with me. It starts with me. I'm a Coach Frost fan. Sorry. I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. Well, Jesus was tempted in all ways like us, but yet without sin. You know, people want to ask questions like, and I think these are the stupid questions, but can God lie? I would answer that, or I thought of an answer to that, you know, 30 years ago. If he did, he'd stop being all good, and that would not be the God that we know. I just, I would, I would rather believe that God chooses not to lie than he's robotically incapable of it. Let no man say he is that I am tempted of God. So don't say God tempted you. That's not a good thing to do. Satan can tempt you. God will test you. I think the difference is God will test you to see if you'll do what's right, but Satan will try to entrap you, which isn't even legal for police to do, and get you to do wrong by, you know, tempting you that way. God will test you to see if you'll do what's right, and you could argue not doing what's wrong is right, but... Anyway, uh, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. Okay? I mean, I think you're wasting your time if Satan's trying to tempt God. And so far, as much as I know, two-thirds of the angels uh, did well with temptation. I think one thing that's going to help us in, in heaven is a new body, the lack of this flesh that uh, causes all these problems. Um, but I'm going to be very highly motivated to not uh, uh, test God in heaven. I love electricity, but I'm also respectful around it. I love God, but I'm also respectful around Him, and that helps me. The fear of the God, fear of the Lord, is the beginning of wisdom. Anyway, I'll let you figure that. If you if you think your God is a robot and can't do things. I, don't th I think he chooses not to do things. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. So by that definition, um, but does God, you know, it repented God that he made man. Of the time the word repented, past tense is used, 80% of the time God is doing, is the one who is repented. So check that one out. Now repentance comes in various forms, and I, I don't. But my Hank Lindstrom, my Bible college president, was always talking about eighty percent of the time the word the word repented is used. It's used uh, in reference to God. It repented God that He'd made man after the flood. So uh, He can change His mind. Repented means reconsider. That's not a sin to reconsider. It wasn't a sin to make man. He didn't. Uh, Satan tempted man. God just said law. Saying thou shalt not kill is not a tempting someone to kill. Uh, you know, or any other violation, lie. Um, what are they? Have more than one God. Take the Lord's name in vain. Um, number three. No, that's keep the Lord's name. Uh, worship idols. Um these are all, you know, um, four, keep the Sabbath. Five, honor your parents. Six, um, do not murder. Seven, do, do not commit adultery. Eight, do not lie. Ten, no, eight, do not steal. 
Nine, do not lie. Ten, do not covet. These, you know, saying, that's not tempting you to say, don't do it. Were you tempting your child not to touch the fan when he was a baby? And he, man, my kid was always on his way to the fan. Anytime I, that's why they built playpens so you could put them in there. And when they were only crawling, that worked pretty good. But pretty soon they figured out how, and finally, you know, they figured out that dad's not an idiot and maybe I shouldn't stick my little fingers through the fan openings, whatever. Uh, you only have to do that really careful stuff for a while. Pretty soon they figure out that you know what you're talking about after they bounce on the bed and fall off, etc. Okay, I'm sorry, I digress. Um, okay. So we just read, but every man, verse 14, but every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lusts and enticed. Basically, we tempt ourselves. Then when lust hath conceived, you know, my my Hank Lindstrom used to say, uh, I think he said he was quoting uh, uh, Martin Luther. He said, you can't stop a bird from flying over your head, but you can stop it from building a nest in your hair. So I knew what that meant when I was in Bible college. I guess most of you could figure out what that means. But, uh, but lust, when it is conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Do not err, my, my beloved brethren. Again, this is written to believers, and it's Christianity 101. This is, this is basic Christian stuff here. Avoid temptation. Uh, avoid situations that aren't good. Over, you know, just, just basic stuff. Read it for yourself. Uh, do not err, my brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness. He doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Neither shadow of changing or turning. For his, of his own will begot he us. We're, we're begotten by God. Spiritually, the second birth. With the word of truth. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of truth. Hearing the word of God. So, God is involved in our second birth, I would argue, is what James is getting these people to see. And they know what, they probably have a pretty good idea what, uh, Luke might, have, when it says it's the first epistle, that doesn't mean it's the first uh, book written after Christ, that it's, I mean it's the first epistle. The, the Gospels, you could say the Gospels had already been written. Um, Schofield argues that, that uh, Mark, I can't remember which one was was written uh, AD 30, AD 35. So they do have some New Testament words, but technically the Gospels are Old Testament. Um, you can talk to Peter Cologne about that. Anyway, of his own will begot he us with the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Okay, so he's talking about the new church, the Gentile, the Jewish believers, the Jewish Christians, which almost sounds like a contradiction of terms, but Schofield didn't mind using it, or neither did uh, did uh, West Weston. Yeah, the first epistle to Christians, which are to the scattered tribes of Israel. If A equals B and B equals C, then A equals C. Anyway. 
Hearing and doing the word. Okay, this is kind of a theme of, of James. Don't be hearers only, but be doers. Speak and be sayers. Speak and do. That pretty much sums up your whole life in James chapter 2, verse 12. Speak and do as those that shall be judged by the law of liberty. Now, which judgment do you think the judgment of the law of liberty is? It wasn't Christ on the cross. It wasn't, I don't think it's... Um, or I don't think it's the great white throne for punishment in hell. The judgment of the law of liberty is the bema seat, the judgment seat of Christ, which we must all appear and given and be judged for our good and bad works. But, but the judgment is not hell. Christ paid that judgment. But loss of reward, uh, you know, he shall suffer loss if all you have is wood, hay, and stubble, and no gold, silver, and precious stones. Moving right along. Um, Um, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. I'm, I'm sorry. Verse 19. I moved the script up and down in it. I get lost. Wherefore, on my iPad. Anyway. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. If that's not Christianity 101, I don't know what is. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. So when we get angry, we're not doing the righteousness of God. So I guess before you do anything, stop being angry. Before you discipline your kids, before you write a letter, before you do this, that, or the other thing, calm down. And maybe you've got to count to, you know, a million. That would take you 11 days if you did it one number a second without sleeping. Anyway, wherefore, a billion would take you 32 years, but that's another story. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, lustful stuff, uh, filthiness, uh, pornography, whatever the case may be, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. Okay, so um, now, again, I, I think this saving your souls, not every time the word saved is used in the Bible does it mean talking about going to heaven. This, I think, would mean what he's talking about in chapter 2 is the judgment seat of Christ. If you want to do well at the judgment seat of Christ, then you might want to lay apart filthiness, superfluity of naughtiness, which is lust, and receive the meekness and grafted word how do you engraft the word? I would argue, you know how I'm going to, what I'm going to say, memorize it, which is able to save your souls from the judgment seat of Christ, not from, that's the only judgment you face, my friends. Christ already faced the one for heaven, for sin. He did that for both the saved and the lost, but it doesn't count without faith. Abraham believed God and it counted unto him for righteousness, for whosoever should keep the whole law and yet, no. For by him all that believe are just, no. All that believe are just... No. Anyway, where is it at? Romans 4, 5. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. There it is. Okay. Um, but be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Uh, if you want to do well at the judgment seat of Christ, which is coming in chapter 2, speak and do as those that should be judged in the law of liberty. For if any man hear the word and... And not a doer, he is like a man beholding his natural face face in a glass. You know, unless you have really good, you know, hair gel, you might want to comb your hair more than once a day. 
Um, but anyway, if you if you lose track of looking in the mirror, uh, you you probably going to look pretty funny. But anyway, for behold, for he beholdeth himself and goeth his way, and straightway he forgetteth what manner of man he was. So this is likening to memorizing scripture, spending time in God's word, as looking into a mirror, and beholding his natural face in a mirror. Verse 23, For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what he looked like. So we need to have this word engrafted, memorized, so we can call on it at any second, you know, and uh, in, of our day. And and defeat the you know that's the shield of faith the sword of the word to defeat the fire, fiery darts of Satan Ephesians chapter six which we went over a few podcasts ago but whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty there's judged by the law of liberty the perfect law of liberty uh, and continueth therein he being a, not a forgetful here but a doer of the work this man shall be blessed. In his deed. He'll be happy in his deed. He'll be blessed. He'll do well at the judgment seat of Christ. Which isn't very far away. If your life is as a vapor. Consider the judgment seat of Christ. Right around the corner. And if you're lost. You can consider the great white throne. Right around the corner. If any man among you seem to be religious. Bridleth not his tongue. So. Speak less and do more. Speak and do as those that should be judged by the law of liberty. You know, some people say silence is golden. But sometimes it's just plain yellow. We need to speak when we should and keep silent when we should. But deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. So if you can't control your tongue, then... You're not going to do very well at the judgment seat of Christ. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the law of liberty. Because we're pretty much set free. And, and, and as Barr would say, the Bible is not a list of don'ts, it's a list of do's. But religion, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. I'm doing this podcast. I'm a pretty busy guy, believe it or not. I, I can't believe how busy I am. But I like being busy. And I like teaching, so... This opened the door for me to do what I did for... I taught 30,000 classes in 31 years at Florida Christian School. 180 years, six classes a day for 180 days a year. You do the math on that. It's over 31,000. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this. To visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction... And to keep himself unspotted from the world. So, again, walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Um, I, I like to carry $1 bills and give them to people. I had somebody one time that had a homeless ministry and said, you know, I carry candy bars because I want to recognize their humanity. You know, what do you, you could... You, what? I mean, you could give a candy bar to a dog. You know, they might eat it if they're hungry enough. But they're not going to eat a dollar. You can't give a dollar. If you want to recognize somebody's humanity, give them a dollar. And talk to them about the Lord. That's what I like to do. But um, what does it say? Visit the fatherless. You know, roll down your window. Uh, 
and widows in their affliction and keep himself unspotted to the world. And I talked to him about John 3.16 and Ephesians 2.8.9. The last homeless guy I talked to said, man, you sure memorized a lot of stuff. And all I quoted was Ephesians, for by grace you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but everlasting life. I don't have a lot of time, and, and I kind of time it to where I got a dollar right there in my ashtray under my under my knife. But anyway, um, just a paperweight. And um, and I, uh, you know, Jesus said, you know, take two swords and Peter's or take, sell what you have and get a sword. And Peter said, we, we got two. And he said, that's enough. And then he told him to put it away when he used it in the Garden of Gethsemane, cut off one of the guard's ears. How do you do that? I didn't know that... Uh, Peter was such a great swordsman that he could flick off somebody's ear. I think he was going for the head and the guy ducked and all he got was the ear. I don't think these were, you know, ear cutting off swords. I think these were head cutting off swords. But anyway, um, pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless, the widow, and their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. You want to do well at the judgment seat of Christ? do these things because chapter 2 is all about the judgment seat of Christ. Okay, I'm going to say to God, which is my favorite thing to say to my class. When the bell rang, I'd say to God. Hopefully they would go out and do great things for the Lord. And also one of just as favorite is via con Dios. Go with God.